Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another powerful episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Now, this week, we have somebody I've been chasing for years, right? We've been doing this now going on three years in March. And I've ever since we started, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, I've got to talk to this person. So I am so pumped. I'm like fangirling right now all over the place because I am so in love with all the things that are put online by this human being. And I have not said her name is. We're going there. We're going there. But we have such a great conversation today that we are going to have to talk about all things in the insurance space with Sid Rowe. Hey, Sid, how are you? What's up, dude? Uh, man, with an intro like that, I think we should just stop while we're ahead. That was it, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm bringing in that Sid Rowe. I love it. But <laughs> no, but I have been seeing the stuff that you do because I know that you were putting on some wonderful videos back three, four, five years ago when I first became aware of you. And I loved watching. They're funny. They're interesting. They're engaging. They are, you have such a great presence with video, but also just with marketing and connecting over people. And I don't know if you really know how um, impactful some of that has really been over the course of the last couple of years. And um, I know you don't, you don't, you know, like I, I don't, I don't normally fangirl over you or whatever, but I mean, you're probably over here going, oh my gosh, this is so weird. But um, I love that you have such a heart for marketing and for the insurance channel because marketing is such a hard thing for insurance people because we're just not huge get out there marketing video technology people in general. Like I don't think that the, but I think we're really seeing a big wave in that right now, and we're, we're starting to see how a lot of that's really starting to pay off for those agents that are doing uh, marketing focus and so forth. So I love that you're here to talk to us today about your journey in the insurance space and marketing and all things cool with Sid Rose. <laughs> well, I couldn't, um, man, I, I definitely couldn't have put it better. I think you're right that the independent agent is the unsung hero in the insurance ecosystem. and. I put as my Facebook profile title a while ago, I think this is when I first started. My first job was uh, making insurance cooler than a gecko, which, uh -huh. you know, for whatever, you know, I probably should change it at this point. But I think something about watching Geico tell their story resonated with me. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to be a part of telling the story of the independent agent and really making them cool. Like mm -hmm. making people feel like freaking rock stars. Um, Cause that's what we are at the end of the day. So I'm but, pumped. Let's do it, dude. You know, I think that's a really interesting point though. Is it if people, people can get people excited about a gecko, like we couldn't say marketing is powerful. Right. I mean, you know, you wouldn't think that people would sit back and go and want like, you know, gecko stuff or whatever, but it's because it becomes a, a, a symbol of what it is that that company is trying to be able to put out there that people bond with it. And I think even though we might think, oh, I don't have anything cool to put out, like, uh, you know, for marketing or whatever, people do bond with what it is that you put out there because it becomes a, an extension of you. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit before we get off into all that, tell us a little bit about 
you, how did you get where you are today? Because I know you've had a couple steps in your process. You are currently with Vertifor, and I love that because it is such a, uh, a, a, a deeply rooted company in the insurance space. And it is such also the simultaneously a mecca of insurance that I love the fact that you're bringing who you are to that space. So tell us how you got where you are. Yeah. So uh, I had kind of a rocky start, I would say. I would say a privileged but rocky start. Um, okay. So pri- privileged in the sense that I had the opportunity to work alongside my dad since I was, you know, could walk and lick envelopes. Um, you know, he recruited me into the office. And so, you know, I had this opportunity ahead of me to take over the agency. And so in that way, I think I was very privileged. Um, and I don't take that for granted because I know a lot of people don't have that, that, you know, opportunity. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is when I came out to my parents, they decided that, you know, they made the decision to say, Hey, we're, you know, we we don't want you working in the agency. Now this was eight, nine years ago. A lot has changed since then. A lot has changed between us since then. Um, but that's what sort of kickstarted me or throttled me into the insurance industry, I think in a much more meaningful, deeper way than would that not have happened. I could have seen myself taking over the agency and living life and just, you know, having fun and and doing things there in Florida, um, you know, with the agency. But I think because that, that happened to me, um, you know, I think I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder going into the Mm. industry. So so from there, uh, you know, I said, okay, shoot, well, I'm going to stay in the industry and prove to, at the end of the day, myself, um, even though I think I said to my family, um, I'm going to prove it to you that I deserve to be here and that I'm going to work really hard and that you missed an opportunity. I think at the core, I was proving it to myself, you know, that I deserve to be in the industry and, and do awesome things. Um, and that journey started with the Insurance Agents Association. They gave me a shot in the marketing department. I worked with Kevin Brandt over there. Um, and we had about a year and a half where I really started to dig into understanding the philosophy of marketing and what it is. I took a lot of courses, um, read everything, listened to every podcast, really tried to use that opportunity as a time to network and get to know more people in the industry. And so it just became a sponge as much as I could because I majored in international politics and policy which has absolutely nothing to do. I guess you could, you know what, I guess you could say it has something to do with marketing. The the, the maneuvering of data, people, the concepts, I don't know, but you know, it it served you, I'm sure somehow, right? Sure. And I think politicians tell a good story. We have a good story. So there may have been some, you know, cross-pollination there, but from there, uh, it wasn't too long before Chip Basioko became the CEO of TrustedChoice.com. And, you know, anytime you have a new CEO come in with a different vision, he was looking to recruit people um, and, you know, uh, take things to the next level. Um, and that's that was where Ryan Hanley and I found our home. And we started Agency Nation, which was, you know, one of the first social media networks for independent agents. Had a lot of fun, was there for about four years. and you know, to me really tried to understand what was holding independent agents back from doing marketing and 
from adopting the technology that they needed to create that experience and to tell that story. Mm-hmm. To see themselves as more than a, you know, a sales distribution center. Right themselves as a business that was giving a true customer experience separate from whatever the carrier created, um, you know, around that product. So, you know, that was a big, a big passion for about four years. And, um, and then I had an opportunity come along through Be Atomic. And that was a, uh, an independent agent in Ohio named Seth Zaremba, who You know, I'll say this, I don't meet, you don't meet many true visionaries. Um, Right. He was just one of those people where he was able to see the industry and operate in his head in a completely different way than the way it was operating. And it was really the Mm -hmm. first time I came in contact with someone. You know, I've seen people want to change a specific part of the industry. He really wanted to almost turn the industry on its head with the way it operated. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at its core, that started with the democratization of data, um, you know, really helping agencies understand that they're the true owners of data in the mm-hmm. insurance industry. Uh, you know, they sit right in between the customer and the carrier. And right now you might think, well, you know, maybe the carrier owns that data set um, or maybe the, the the customer. It's kind of a wild west right now with everything going on, you know, with Facebook and Apple and Amazon and Google. We're watching um, the regulations around data ownership and, you know, ethics sort of evolve. But, you know, when I think about, OK, well, who should own that data? It's really the agent. They are the. They can be and are the stewards of this asset that that is going to grow in value over the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now is the, it. It sounds like a crazy idea right now because it it isn't a reality. You know, we're not we're looking forwards more than we're looking backwards on this idea. But you know, when I started talking to him about it, and and when he told me, this is where I want to. This is, you know, when I build the atomic, it's more than a hunk of metal. It's more than a technology. It's more than, you know, it's really a different way of thinking about how the agent plays in this space. You know, the weight that they carry. The deeper I dug, the more I got it. You know, got passionate about it and said, okay, that's that's a story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we worked together for almost three years on that. And you know, it's a startup. I was employee number one. At the end of the day, uh, you know, they they got to a point where they said, hey, we need to to put more resources into the product than into telling the product story. And, you know, that was a sign to me that, okay, it, it may not be the right time for Beatomic to really invest in marketing anymore. Every company goes through life cycles and different stages. And right now, the attention needs to go to the product. Um, not to the marketing. I told that mm-hmm. story. I got the, you know, got it out into the airwaves, set that foundation. And I think it's time for me to look towards the next story I want to tell. And that's when Bird 4 came along and said, hey, you know, we are doing a lot of great things, but it seems like nobody hears about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're hearing applied story. Taylor Rhodes does a great job of expressing what's going on there. You know, we need to tell ours. And I said, now that sounds like an awesome challenge. So here I am. 
So have you, I love, I love the fact that you've taken that insurance background and growing up in that space and you've really taken it into the marketing piece of that and helping companies, big and small and agencies tell their story. And so do you find that it is from going from a startup to a mm-hmm. massive industry like company like Vertifor? Because you've really gone from A to Z. I mean, you've really gone from startup to the big honker, whatever you want to call it, big, big, big guy, right? The big person, the big whatever. Vertifor is the mountain in the industry. They just are. And they have also acquired different pieces of the insurance industry too, as they have come up other virtual, uh, other other startups kind of created great products. And they were like, okay, we want to bring this into our suite of products and so forth. So not only did you go from a product, the Atomic and, and the things that they were doing in a startup and, and that company, but then you've also moved to a really large company with a lot of different products and a lot of different spaces and a lot of different offerings. How has that journey been for you? Because that is a, it's a, it's a, it's a linear shift. I see it, but it's also, I feel like going from point B to like point Z in like one step over, you know, over a threshold. How has that been for you? It's like drinking from a fire hose. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I could totally see that. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things, you know, I think one, and this is something that, you know, we talked at the beginning of the podcast about um, helping people, uh, help, helping people see the possibilities in front of them, mm-hmm. right. Um, and, and inspire them to maybe step into something that either they weren't willing to or interested in or thought they could do, you know, previously. Um, I would say all those things were true when I thought about Vertifor. Um, you know, foundationally, I looked at a big corporation and said, you know, I'll never work for a big corporation because I don't, I, I believe in the little guy, right? I, I believe in small business. That's where my heart is. And it still is where my heart is. Um, I think in many ways, when I came to Vertifor, I wanted to bring that heart and soul into the company and, you know, to start to help Vertifor re-envision how it interacts with the, the industry, right? Not as just this machine, not as Goliath, but as a different sort of player in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, that's been a big challenge of mine, a big passion of mine being in Vertifor. Uh, it is a lot different being inside a big company than it is a, you know, a startup, Um, you know, the typical thing, things with more red tape, more people, you know, there's when I, you know, being at the Atomic, I had to ask myself, is this the right thing to do? Should I do this? And, you know, there's a lot of pressure there, um, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of freedom there as well, right? Being inside of a corporation, it's a different it's just a different environment. I wouldn't necessarily say it's, you know, worse or uh, better. I think, you know, being in this space and being charged with, you know, running all things agency marketing, I've got to convince the people around me to believe in my mission and to believe in mm-hmm. my vision. Right. Right. 
as opposed to being that sort of solo marketerpreneur um, as a part of Be Atomic, where, you know, I think really Seth believed in me. That's why he brought me on board. And, and anything I approached him with, he was pretty much on board with. There wasn't a lot of convincing. Right. Most of the, you know, most of the uh, campaigns that we ran or ideas were outsourced. I'm paying somebody to do this for me, right? So there's less, of course, I want to get them to believe and see the vision so that they go above and beyond um, and don't just give me the, you know, eight to five, like, right? I want them, I want more from the people I work with. And so I've got to, Mm -hmm. I've got to bring them into that. But it's a lot different working with a team than it is working with that, you know, outsourced group. So, you know, how, how am I understanding the political landscape? Um, who do I need to talk to about this, this vision? What's their vision and does it align with mine? What's that sequencing and timing? I mean, it's mm. just, it takes your ability to plan and roadmap and, and puts a, puts it into a, a pressure cooker. Right. Mm. Um, so I think it, you know, for me, that was a skill set I hadn't developed. I'm used to working in these, you know, very, um, these environments where I've got a lot of control. I've got a lot of freedom. I've got a lot of anonymity. I don't have to ask for permission to do things. And, you know, it's really, it tests your ability to, you know, make the, make the right decision or whether making the wrong decision Mm because you're on that edge. You know, you've, you've just got a little bit more, um, it's it it's like almost being in an endurance race, almost being in in vertifor, right? You've got to just keep chipping away every day to mm. to change things. So, you know, I I wanted to see if I was capable of that, and we have yet to see that. I'm only you know I'm less than a year in at this point, and I'm not going to sit here and say I've accomplished even a tenth of my goals. Um, you know, so it, it, it's it, we'll see we'll see if I'm able to to take the things that I believe in and act, actually make them happen within the environment of Vertifor um, and, and really the corporate environment, I would say. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Right, right. And it is it is really different. Um, I think there's so much of the insurance industry that is corporate and there's so much of the insurance industry that is not. And that is so like, and, and I think people get the opportunity. And that's one thing I love about the insurance space is that you get the opportunity almost to choose what type of an environment you want to work with. If you want to work for a smaller company to some degree, and or there's so many really large companies that are doing so many wonderful things out there in the industry that we are seeing. I think the ins- in my opinion, and this is my opinion, everybody, this is my opinion out there. This is, you know, my legal disclaimer. But in my opinion, I love the insurance industry because you can choose almost 
how large of a company you can find almost a company in any size within any genre of the age of the of the industry to be able to work with now i mean getting a job there different you know i understand all that but i love the the fact that the insurance space has so many conversations about technology marketing people resources data sales you know service i mean you know just all of that people can choose so many different aspects in the insurance industry and i love that you settled into marketing but then also you've gone into both ends of that from the entrepreneurial space and from the larger corporation space and i know from your social media too you've really taken up you talk about endurance racing and how working corporately is endurance race type situation. I know I don't look like it. I swear I don't look like it. I know I'm 100%. But I've run marathons and half marathons in my past. And I got injured about uh, eight years ago. And I just have I just haven't bounced back. And I know that that's a mental thing. Mm -hmm. I went through divorce and I'm not sitting here. I'm making excuses. But anyway, point is, I just had my own personal challenges. I've never gotten back into it. I feel really bad about that because it's something I really want to do when I dream at night. Oh man, I'm running and it's easy and you wake up and, you know, and it's, it's never that way, you know? And, um, but you've really gotten into Ironmans and endurance type things. Is that something that you feel like is your, your, your body and your mind also training for part of your process professionally as well as personally? Because I find that a lot of people that really get into it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dual dichotomy of personal and emotional strength that you're really building up when you go into those endurance sports. 100%. I think this kind of goes back to the question of, and I remember when Facebook, I remember talking about Facebook when it first became a thing to insurance agents and they were like, well, should I have a personal Facebook and a professional Facebook? Like, no, you're missing the point. If you don't want to have one Facebook, don't have a Facebook, right? I mean, it's, no, don't do that. Um, And I think that goes back to that core principle or core question, you know, how do you mix these worlds? How do you Mm. see mixing professional and personal world? Um, I know for me, the lines have always been very blurry. Um, you know, I do, I do see uh, my personal and professional as balanced, but not separated. Yeah. Right. So um, for me, things that I do in my personal life can create a competitive edge or can, you know, become a challenge for me in my professional mm-hmm. life. And I have to be really conscious of choices that I'm making in my personal life, because they will affect my professional life. And then, you know, vice versa. And and that goes back to that balance and priorities of how do, you know, what kind of life am I creating for myself? Um, To your question of whether endurance racing, you know, helps, 100% it helps in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's given me a different type of mental strength and inner confidence. And it's not, you know, as someone who's done marathons, you know, when you talk to someone who hasn't tested themselves themselves in that way, you can see it, you can feel it in the way that they live and breathe in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's this, and marathon is one way of testing yourself, right? But there's sort of this testing that we put ourselves through as humans. You know, for you, that was a marathon. You know, for me, it was an Ironman, but they're all the same, right, at the yeah. end of the day. Um, and you come out of them, you, when, when your foot crosses that finish line, you get on the other side, you look back and you said, I, you know, there were moments yep. when you didn't think that you would be able to run 26.2 miles 
before you even started the race. And then yep. there were moments when you were going to quit during that race for me too. And you get across that finish line and there's this, there's just something built inside you mm-hmm. that you, no one can take that from you. No, ever, one. ever, ever. And I think that's why, you know, here I am eight years later, you know, still go, Oh, you know, I love doing this, you know, it's because forever it's something that you sit back and you, it's an, it, I, I think of it like as an internal trophy type thing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a joy and it's a accomplishment that nobody else can take away from me, you know? And I love that you are building that even within yourself. Cause I think each time that you do achieve, each time you push through, it teaches us when even in our life or even when our, our other stuff gets hard that we can push through the tough stuff. We can do the hard things and mm-hmm. everyone has those hard times in their personal life and in their careers and just, you know, financially, emotionally, I mean, pick a topic. We all have those times, but I think doing those things that help us to persevere helps mm-hmm. us to give us that internal, um, I hate to use the word trophy, but that internal, internal, like personal marker of, of yay, I did it, you know, kind of thing. Yep. And when you're sitting in that room and you have to say the thing that nobody else is saying, and you have to be the bad guy, you have this strength and almost, um, it, you know, yeah, you know, you're going to say the thing no one else is saying, but you feel good about saying it almost, yeah. as opposed to fearing it because you fear, you know, the, the after effects of it, right? You're like, man, if I can do this other thing over here, if I can run a marathon and still be alive at the end of the day and be walking and feel really good, like, of course I can stand in a room and say the thing that no one else wants to say. Um, and so I think there's, you know, there is a, there's a pretty tight like causation there between those, those two things. Um, I will say too, though, there, there are challenges though, that come along with that. Like when I think about, you know, my Ironman journey, um, I'm pretty thankful that I had a team who understood that. And I don't know if this was true for you when you were training for your marathon, but it, you know, it, it does wear on you and coming up to the race, like you're exhausted um, you know, before you hit that period where you start to rest again. And, um, you know, you, you, you do spend a lot of time on it. And so mm-hmm. I think having a lot of hours, a lot of miles, a lot of time yeah. alone, but a lot of time recovering from being on the road. And, you know, I mean, there's also, it's not just, it's not just, oh, I need to go run for four hours or five hours or whatever you're going to do. It's also the concept of you got to go home and recover, you know, from doing that too. So, and it's, it's hard, um, just in a lot of different ways. People don't think about how far it goes into the other aspects of your life. Like, you know, sitting at a desk at a chair after you ran on Sunday for, you know, 20 miles is excruciating to be able to sit in that chair and get up the next day. (laughs) You know, just getting a cup of coffee gets hard. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, this bicep is just killing me. Exactly. Exactly. Mine was all, you know, running lower body, but you know, if I did a full triathlon thing, I can only imagine every part of you hurts, you know, but in such a good triumphant kind of a way, but it, you know, but I think if we look at that on a career path too, that's what we need to be able to see in our careers sometime is that there are times that are, that you have to nut down, you have to grit, you got to be able to bury your teeth and just push. Right. Um, I remember, um, you know, when we did the, the, the marathon, the Decautown marathon in 2013, so a long time ago, um, it was one of those things where 
no, it wasn't. Oh my gosh. No, it wasn't. Now that I'm thinking about it and I'm sure going, that wasn't it. It wasn't 2013. And it was like 2004, 2003, 2004. Anyway, it's been a long time. So anyway, but the point is, is that we, it, I do know that throughout my life and I've been, and I'm very public on this podcast about my personal history, but I've been divorced twice, remarried one of them. And then, um, you know, and I mean, my, my children had challenges. Like I said, I've been very open about it. My children both tried to commit suicide in 2014. That's actually why I stopped running just the personal and emotional. And then that's when I went through my second divorce and I'm just did the emotionalness. I, 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 pulled into running. I really loved it, but then I didn't at the same time and I ended up getting hurt. And then I'm anyway. So it's one of those things where as you go through these things and you go through challenges in your life and athletic is, is a really great example of that, but it's not the end all example, right? It could be things that we try, that we push through, right? Like you mentioned earlier, some of your maybe family challenges that you've had in certain areas and then having to figure out what you wanted to do with your career. I think when we take into consideration where we've been, what we've accomplished, how maybe we overcame certain things in our lives. We can take that and then we can push forward whenever we encounter another challenge. It might not be the exact same challenge, but you know, I think when we do the hard things, it teaches us to exercise that confidence bone, that standing up for what we believe in, that bone of being able to have that confidence and I love it that you've taken so many parts of this and you're propelling that into a corporate environment with Vertifor to be able to make the industry better, not only because of your, your personal life, but also your athletic life and your professional life all coming together to be able to really help a major industry pull forward. And I love that. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, I guess when you sum it all up and put a bow on it like that. It sounds pretty great. I, I, I'm in the weeds most of the time, so I don't really see it as anything, you know, super more than just my normal life. Right. Um, but I will say hearing you talk about it, it kind of reminds me of, um, man, this is a throwback. I'm going to bring up somebody I dated in college. So I watch out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and we had this really intense debate about how to change the world. And she said that what a college topic, the, by the way, you know, oh, like yeah. you have all those Listen. awesome conversations in college, you know? <laughs> right. I know if I had that conversation today, people would be like, Sid, go get a grab, grab a beer, man. Like chill out. Right. Chill out. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's, she said, uh, you know, the best way to change the world is to essentially, you know, s- stand on the street and like rally. Like she was a, she was a, um, a self oh, like kind of from an activist type perspective. Yeah, this was, um, this was, again, this was during the rise of social media. So the term social justice warrior was mm. cr- created and she was a self-proclaimed social justice warrior. And you know, she felt like that was the best way to change the world. And my belief was I'd rather not be, you know, the the social justice warrior as much as I'd rather be that person who just does the work every day and never mm. quits and, you know, gets to, uh, you know, gets to the point in my career that I'm striving for and says, I've blazed a trail for people behind me. Um, mm-hmm. 
so that I can pull them up and push them above me, right? And keep the next generation going. And, uh, you know, at, at the time, of course, I'm in college, so I'm like, you're wrong and I'm right. Um, now I'm, I'm old enough where I'm like, hey, we're both right. And there's mm -hmm. a time for, for each. Um, but I, you know, I think about the work that you do. I think about, you know, you've had a longer career than I have. And the fact that I'm able to even come onto this podcast and share my story is because you decided when you did, A, I'm going to take a chance on myself and start a business. I'm going to put up with all of the challenges and hard knocks and bruised, you know, elbows and cuts and sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. And I'm going to keep going. That's harder than I think even saying I'm going to start it. Um, and, you know, at this point said, I'm now going to be public and vocal about telling my story. You know, the fact that you said beforehand, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very open about my life. I think that's that in and of itself, that vulnerability. I don't know if you like Brene Brown. Um, I love Brene Brown. She is my, my very, person. Oh my gosh. If I'm on a road trip, like just, just listening to her books, like just, it just takes me to another space. All of a sudden I just arrive wherever it is I'm supposed to go. And I'm so much more enlightened in the process. I love her. She's amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it's your podcast is kind of a montage to that, you know, I mean, so I, I just want to tell you too, like, I appreciate the fact that you're even doing what you're doing because it allows for people like me to keep going too. Right. And I think we, I heard once, um, or a couple times, I guess that sometimes women have this tendency to like tear each other down because they feel like there's only one spot at the table. I feel like that's going away more and more as we're yeah. starting to see more spots at the table, but you know, man, th this, this podcast in and of itself is starting to change that, right? It's creating another seat at the table. So like, just man, keep going, dude. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. And, and I love, I love that we are seeing, and, and I love bringing in people working for major corporations and so forth too, so that we can see and we can hear the story of those corporate journeys, right? Because, because like we always say, there's, there's room in every single space for women and for people of any race, gender, ethnicity, background. We need to embrace the diversity in this industry from an agency side all the way through because we serve the people and we need to be a great representation of that. I loved having Lisa Stamp on not too long ago for ensure equality and we need to make sure that we show the 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 different sides of the industry, the different sides of us, the different sides of what it takes for the people of the industry to be who we choose to be, to be who we want to be. It's always a struggle for people to be authentic, no matter what we do. But sometimes I think if we're in an industry that we believe won't accept us, then we have a very hard time with that. And I think that's that strength. I think that's that push through. I think that's that courage. Um, I think it's, you know, um, I, I'm also simultaneously recording a three-part episode right now for the podcast about overcoming under earning. It's about asking for what you want, stepping up into this industry and embracing who we are as individuals, but also who the industry is an, is an individual and how can we help push it into the area that it needs to be 
for the next generation moving forward. And I love what you're saying about some people, 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 men, women. I mean, men can be ruthless and cutthroat. Women can be ruthless and cutthroat, right? Women can gossip. Men can, you know, uh, do all, people can do it. That's just a human being trait, right? But it's yes. the people that come and lift a hand to the people beside them, behind them, and help lift them up that that's where we're going to find the true success in the industry, whether it's with a corporation on, a, in a, on an agency side or anywhere in between. And I love that you're doing that and that you are pushing forward for all people on all levels. And you're really bringing that story to market or to the people out there. And, and I think that that is fabulous. And I love everything you put on Facebook and I'm always, I'm always a huge fan. So I'm just pangirling. I don't know. Right now I'm just talking out like, I was you know, say, I don't know. Now you're just making my head big. Like no. I got to go tell my partner, listen, I got to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know what, Say, if people want to talk to you, people want to connect with you. Yeah. People want to be able to maybe pick your brain about things. I know you've been on multiple different podcasts. I know that you are really good friends with lots of people in the industry. You really love pouring into the people of this industry. But if people wanted to connect with you, how would you like for them to be able to reach out and connect? Yeah. So let me just say to everybody here who is a Vertifor customer, I definitely want to talk to you. Um, and that's not to say I don't want to talk to people who are not Vertifor customers. I also want to hear your story. Would love to connect in any way I can help you. Um, you know, the best way is to reach out to me on social media, message me. You know, I watch that absolutely. But for those of you guys who are Vertifor customers, I I want to hear the stories that you guys have been through. You know, one of the one of the you know one of the, the parts of my mission, I should say, I got a lot going on, uh, is to bring the agent closer to product inside mm-hmm. Vertifor. I think we there is a connection, but it can't it could be stronger. Um, and so one of the things we're working on is marketing team as the voice of the customer inside of Vertifor is to, to create a stronger bond. So I want to hear from you. Um, definitely reach out to me. It doesn't have to be for any particular reason. If you just want to grab coffee, whatever, um, I'll find a, a reason for us to talk um, and just, you know, just dig into what you're, what's going on in your world and how we can make your world better. And then, you know, if, if there's anybody who wants to talk marketing, talk shop on tech, uh, feel free to reach out. I love it. I love it. Well, Sid, thank you so much for being on a podcast today. Thank you for all the things that you're doing to be able to push data and people and technology forward as a as a merged process and conversation within this industry. And you are welcome here any day of the week. I love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to the next one. I love it. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of the Amazing Power Women in Insurance with Sid Rowe. And we are excited. Reach out, connect, make sure that you continue the conversation offline, online, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, everywhere. All the good stuff is going on with Sid. And make sure you check us out, too, on Apple iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you want to. I am there. My name is Teresa Kitchens, and it is my pleasure to be able to be your host. Everybody, I will see you next week, Wednesday. Check us out on YouTube, and I will chit-chat with y'all soon. Have a great week.